This is the Daily Practice Podcast with Crystal Borelli and Andrea Hellman. Harium, harium, harium. Why do you like the podcast? It's become clear to me that one of my purposes or my dharmas we're talking about is to help other people and support other people to rise and step into their highest potential or evolve to their higher self and connect to self and connect to spirit. And in many ways that I feel that I can offer that of my own, as you said, fumbling or figuring out the ways of life and the more sharing that, whether that's through yoga practice of the teacher, like physical asana and in the classes, like classroom style, I teach more than just asana, but, um, and I think that there's other ways to re- reach people. So whether that's on my retreats or deep dive into the teacher trainings to train those students to go out and share more about these teachings. And then another way is to sit and have conversations around these practices that have changed my life, that have become, you know, the medicine needed at the right moment or those that place of feeling safe um, to heal or just that sense of community and to have another branch, another avenue of reaching people to, uh, support in the evolution of people arising. I think 12 years ago around this time, I got a phone call that like changed my life and my mom had a brain tumor and it was terminal, like inoperable, kind of like worst case scenario. My whole world just like crashed And, um, for a couple months, I kind of tried to keep just staying like on the same path in my life. And then, um, everything just kind of like exploded all at once. And then I had like a full like breakdown, like anxiety, panic attack, and then, um, started seeing like a therapist for the first time in my life. And then just a whole series of things kind of just unfolded. And then in that moment, I started going to yoga, like I got a yoga pass and I started going like twice a day, like in the morning, I just went all the time. And it was like one of the only places I could just go and like, just drop in and like not be thinking anymore. And then the other thing I did was I went and like just walked in the woods and mostly like with my dog when I wasn't like back in Ontario with my family And it just kind of helped me survive that time of my life. And then I wanted to dive deeper into yoga. I think I wanted to understand like what was happening to me on like all the different like levels. And so that's when I went to Julia's teacher training. And then that was like a lot of stuff that came up during the teacher training was like a lot of stuff that I'd been like tackling in therapy. And I think some of it, I was ready and it all made sense. And other things, I think it took me like, um, well, I think it's like the rest of your life, right? Like you keep unpacking all that stuff. And I guess I'm telling this story right now because I felt when I was done, I, I felt like not ready. Like, I don't think I'll ever like teach yoga, but I think I still wanted to have like a deeper connection. And I think that this podcast is kind of like my, um, project, <laughs> which like is 
I think in line with like sort of like your project of like um, to to keep fumbling and like to like be seeking like to learn more and hoping that some of like what I'm fumbling on resonates with other people and to create like a space where people can just sort of like fumble and um, yeah so anyways that's why this podcast exists and then the other thing is that when I interviewed you Crystal Rainbow Borelli in my house like all those years ago and you sang mantra like something happened to me and um I just really wanted to like learn the words and so I think working with you over the past couple of years and kind of like diving into um all the different like parts of mantra has been so good for me and um like this this year I definitely need like to find my way back to like that discipline when I was like going for two yoga classes a day, which can't, I can't really do anymore, but I've like really wanted to dedicate myself to having a daily practice where I can just like be in the moment. And, um, I think I work too much. And so I, I don't know if I created this to force myself like in the moment. I think I started that podcast off a tiny bit too serious. So we might have to (laughs) (laughs) but I did find it really interesting because we have talked about this in the past another teaching just around like people when they're in a hard time they return back they try to find I love it let those tears (laughs) I just got emotional yeah um in those moments that are hard like that we feel lost or disconnected or we're grieving or we're meeting huge challenges like you shared um, yoga brings us back home to the self. That's, that's what it is. It's union with the self. And so, and then you mentioned like walking in the woods and nature is also our true nature. So, um, and home to ourself, we see, feel these connected energies. Um, and so just that we can like endure just a little bit longer, we can like ride it out. Mm. I'm going to take a moment. I love it. Yeah. Just, uh, Yeah. <laughs> so good I think it's so good for us too to remember like why you know sorry I still have a moment oh yeah I should just observe that I'm here for you I'm the last do you want to take it no okay my sister whenever I'd cry when she was a little kid, she'd look at me and go, cry, baby, cry, you mommy cry. That was her, oh. like, mean. <laughs> I didn't know a mean thing could come out of her. Oh, yeah, she's that is human. Mean. Yeah, of course. Uh, she's just so much love that it's hard to see. But, yeah, that's cruel. <laughs> did she learn that from you? Did you do that to her? No, but I did it back to her after she taught it to me, <laughs> that's for sure. Right? As you do. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really nice intro into Dharma. Fuck. And it's, I don't know, it's so funny. I, uh, as I was saying before with my writing class, and they ask all these introspective questions. And the question was um, to write about your biggest, like a, a, a large triumph, a great triumph in your life. And I started like I felt really like stumped on it because I'm like, what is my big triumph? Because all the things that 
I have done in my life that externally would be a big triumph or like an accomplishment or recognition or whatever. And this is what I wrote in my thing. Like they've all felt kind of hollow and not really, you know, like either I wasn't super present in it or I felt like, oh, this is very, like I knew certain things were significant, but I didn't like they, they didn't feel like they were mine. It was more like I've, I've done a lot of different things in my life that my friends have suggested that I do. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then I just kind of go along for the ride. And just because you can do something doesn't mean it's like what you're supposed to do. Mm. So I don't know what my dharma is or my purpose. I think like one of, like when I actually wrote about like what my greatest triumph was, it was, um, and I think I've talked about this before. It was just like actually showing up for my family and just like being there and being still and, um, not trying to transport somewhere else and not feeling like I was being punished, but feeling like I was lucky and like, it was an honor to, to sit and be still and, and to be there. Yeah. To like, I, I wrote that my greatest triumph was the one time in my life I was completely selfless, and and now when I look back, I'm like, fuck, I gotta get back to that place. How do you get back there? <laughs> it's like so hard. Well, whoop, boom. Within the yoga tradition, like there's a time before it's known as the Vedic era <clears throat> or the Vedic period before even the Vedas were like written down on these banana leaves <laughs> before that it's called the before, before the compostable yeah <laughs> the santana dharma and it was um practicing four aims of life and one of them is is dharma like your duty like why are you here that was like you know one of it one of its arta and the arta is like your prosperity your wealth to like you know really enjoy those things uh kama the pleasure the gratification and then Later on, um, moksha was added, the liberation, which was from the Upanishads, added on that little bit of um, liberation. But So part of it is having all these experiences and enjoying the ride. But as you do that, as you go through it, like, to, as I mentioned earlier, like peel back the layers to really find like what you're here for. And, and, the, and the purpose can shift and alter a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of times there's um, deaths when you run... It's actually solstice today. We're recording. You're not gonna. You're gonna get it later after solstice. But this is like the, you know, it is. There has to be experience of death in some form, of yourself, of your identity, of who you are, to take those next stages and like peeling back, um, a layer of yourself to find yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the lobster that gets really stressed out and then he breaks out of his shell to grow. Remember? No. Yeah, I think we talked about this, didn't we? No, didn't I, I share know. that with you? Oh my god, oh, he, man. it's so cute. Fucking... How long did he last? <laughs> it's not a myth. It's uh what lobsters do. They get stressed out. They grow oh. they grow in their shell <laughs> and they get stressed out because they're too big in their shell. So they then they go and they hide underneath the rock and they cast off the old shell and they grow a new one to their new size. Like they reform it and then they crawl out of the rock and they go out and do whatever lobsters do until they keep growing and the shell gives them stress. It gets too tight and then they go and hide to protect themselves as they cast off their armor, regrow, and then they continue on. And it's in that you have to find, you get stressed 
you get that place of resistance, you get in that place of like, I'm not comfortable. You go through hardships of experiences to cast off some sort of armor that's going to prepare you for this next, you know, stage of armor in your life. Boom. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard about the lobster story? No, because <laughs> as you're saying it, I'm like, oh, interesting. Because mm. like if I'm the lobster and I'm growing, it's kind of uncomfortable, but I'm like, it's your fault. You gave me like so many snacks to have. Like that's why I'm like <laughs> busting out of my shell instead of like realizing I, it's actually just time to grow, you know, yeah, like yeah. you can resist. Yeah. Boom. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Huh? No, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Where do we go from here? Biology. <laughs> well, I'm kind of like, I liked your four, what did you call them? Limb, not limbs. The four aims of life aims. in yoga. Yeah. I like those four aims, but what would be, so sorry, the first one? Dharma. Dharma. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that, I don't know if there is, I think it's actually Arta is usually the first one. Mm. And then Kama and then Dharma and then Moksha, liberation. Okay. Let's unpack Arda a bit. Or, well, no, because this, this podcast is supposed to be about, I think, Dharma. And I, I wanted to do this podcast um, so that if people are also, like, interested in yoga teachings and me fumbling my way through. Me too. With, like, the best teacher in the world, Crystal Rainbow Borelli. Oh, you're sweet. I'm not even close, but thank you. Then I think this podcast is for you. I think it's, like, fun and easy and light, but then you always, like, bring it in with, like, these big teachings. And I like... <laughs> like the lobster. <laughs> yeah. And I'm addicted to, like, work and I, like, really want to grow as a person. Like, I feel like I'm in a really coachable time of my life. Oh, that's nice. Well, I mean, we can take that teaching of the lobster and be like, where in your life, in your own life, where do you feel like there's resistance? Where does it feel stuck? Where does it feel stressful? And to look at that and maybe there's a shift or a change that you can make there to break free of that for, again, that ending of that one particular part of you that can then step into the next person of who you are. Or maybe Mm. that's calling on the next person. Like relationships work in this way too, right? Mm. We have relationships in our life to you know, to be taught and learn. And, um, sometimes the relationship is complete and it's not working. There's something to be said about sticking with it and working through it. If you know, in your heart, it's just, that's a tricky one, but Mm. it is possible. But anyway, so lots of teachings along the way with different partners. And then you find Mm -hmm. that partner that is ready to meet you where you are at. And, um, yeah. Mm, I like that. My whole last therapy session was dedicated to how I could be a better friend. <laughs> and like, cause I didn't want to, um, That's very selfless of you. Well, I didn't want to be like imposing myself because sometimes I think that I have these great ideas or like, I'll, I feel like I'll listen to people saying the same thing over and over again. And like my best friend told me like years ago, I was complaining or like talking about something. And then she just said, how long are you going to smash your head into the cement? We all do it, just so you know. I was like, well, probably a bit longer because I'm not done with my thought. (laughs) And in that moment, I wasn't ready to stop because I think like the actual smashing, like I could feel something. Whereas I think like when I actually like unpack it, I was like, I was pretty friggin' cut off from like my mind, body, you know, whatever. But then I always like thought about it. So it's like how we've talked a lot about seeds. And some of the deepest rooted... um, karmas that we had had on the last conversation we had they stick around for a while they're like there's deep-rooted belief systems in ourselves that we play out and run out as i'm not good enough i mean i'm 42 
I'm 43. <laughs> I was like, uh, I, I wasn't uh, going to correct you. Yeah, but. I, I'm 43 question mark. Um, and I'm, and I still have stuff from when I was five, oh, you know, yeah. like some of them yeah. stick around for a, a while. And, and the hope is that you clear it out in this lifetime mm-hmm. and they become less, less, um, you know, resistant or creating the turmoil. Yeah. I like it. I think I, I've shared with you a few times about this feeling list and, uh, and then I was like, I'm going to write down everything that has ever been prickly to me. Like every comment that I carry around or oh, I get triggered, I'm going to write them all in this like spread spreadsheet. My God, how, that, <laughs> what a waste of time though. It takes so much time of your time. No, no. To write every single one down this prickly. I've got like seven, I think. Oh, what? Oh, I could like well, I'm talking about like big things. Oh, okay. That like really bother me and that like I just hear them on and I hear them so much in my head that they feel true in my body and I'm like I got to get I got to bust these out. But it's funny cuz you'll have like one sentence and then you'll have like seven or eight different feelings attached to it. Actually, that's probably a mellow one. Like sometimes I've had like more than half the list like checking it all off, you know? Wow. And then I was like I'm just going to like clear all those. And sometimes you can like up track like I've done like plant medicine things and and I think that yeah, kind of like yeah. helped but I'm, I'm just clearing this stuff out yeah but it's cool because every time you take like one thing off like you definitely do get a bit lighter which is I guess a little bit different of like the lobster because I'm not busting it out but I'm <laughs> <laughs> so dharma and then sorry what's the other one arta 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 and what's arta arta is abundance so that's like bringing abundance into your life mm-hmm. from my understanding yeah and like family and yeah because i think like naturally you kind of think about money but then i think it's like about like love and connection and like that's the only thing that matters in the end yeah i mean i think it can i think it can be both but yeah no i think the original teaching was around more family oriented than money. How do you achieve that? I think it comes back to feeling gratitude. Mm, that's a nice one. I was like, is it making out? Um, like to procreate? It's yeah. A bad mean, joke. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it apparently. I'll cut that out. <laughs> a swing, swing and a miss. I don't get a lot of, I don't get a lot of, um, what jokes I no no oh, what I'm you just say joking. i'm on a sister i'm on many sister groups sister like mm-hmm. you know a text group and then like of course on instagram and we have these like little sister sister groups and some one of my sisters she posts a lot of things it's like they're jokes and i'm like every single one i'm like i don't get it and i used to write i'm like i don't get it and then all of them were like oh bella and like kind of make fun of me and then one of them would like explain it to me or something and then so eventually i just stopped being like i don't get it but they she posts something and i was like i don't get the joke like this doesn't make sense to me at all i don't even understand 100 <laughs> percent. i i struggle with that too because so it's not you i'm very literal mm. and so sometimes like things will. And then another one that I realized years ago was I don't quote movies. And so a lot of the jokes are actually just quotes from movies. And that's why it's like really confused. Right. And then lately my sister says stuff and all of a sudden I put it all together and I'm like, is that from full house? Cause I'm like, man, this chick is so funny. Full house. But she gets a lot of jokes Ooh, from full house back. and fuller house. Yeah. The next generation. <laughs> I was going to stop what I was going to say. Um, these last three years in the pandemic, I find that the memes that have come out is like, has been my purest of joy of, mm. ex- of loving the internet. They're so good. They're so fucking funny. 
Yeah. Well, I think that they're good because they're like a release, right? Like I remember Ricky Gervais talking about humor and he said people laugh because they know why it's wrong, you know? And it's like the release, they're not laughing because they think it's right. Mm -hmm. They're laughing because it's wrong and it's, you know, it's like turning it on its head, which I like. Okay. Abundance. What comes after abundance? Comma. Pleasure. (laughs) Well, it's kind of... You should see Andrea's face right now. She's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I think of pleasure and I think of like our Western things, it's like seeking like dopamine hits, really. Because sometimes pleasure to me feels very um, grandiose or like, you know, like self-serving. But I think we're also here to have an enjoyment. Like Mm -hmm. we're like our spirit. I've mentioned, talked about this before, but like our spirit, our soul is enlightened and it can't taste chocolate and it can't experience orgasms and it can't experience love connection the way that we do in our human form it doesn't taste pizza mm, yeah or the saltiness of nachos you know what i mean that's all dopamine it's all like part of our reward system yeah and that is pleasure like that's part of i mean and as buddha said to live is to suffer like Mm. life is fucked up (laughs) (laughs) and but however Mm -hmm. it also there's so many beautiful moments you know and and because we're in we have both we have these you know, of course we have sadness, but we have love and, or, you know, pain and joy and, you know, whatever the opposites are of everything I'm mm-hmm. having a moment, but you know, we have all these beautiful things to experience and to also like, remember the pleasure, the, the good times. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise if it's too much hurt, suffering and shadow, then, then what's the fucking point? Totally. Yeah. 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 I think that's the thing. That's like that, um, that monk thing where, his like ancient teaching was like, what's the secret to life? And it's like, write a little piece of paper and put it in your pocket. And it just says this too shall pass because mm-hmm. nothing, nothing truly awful will last forever and nothing truly blissful will like extend forever either. It's, it's just like moving through. Yeah. It's like the Latzao before enlightenment, you're chopping wood, carrying water. And after enlightenment, you're chopping wood and carrying water. And then the final one is moksha. I think we can be liberated in our human form. I think we can be here, like, and be a conscious being. Like, our, we can embody, our, we can bring our spirit into, or our soul into our life. Um, and that's how we, how we do that is with spirit. So it's like our expression. Um, or we clear out the other very more traditional look at it is that we clear all our karmas. And once we don't have any karmas left, Shiva shows up and is like, let's go, let's be liberated. And the cycle of rebirth um, ends. But what if your dharma is to clear all your karma and then help other people? Well, then your dharma would be to work with people to clear it. Who was I telling that to though? I've seen this not too long ago that I was kind of worried. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of like diving into all this work and what happens when I'm like not pulled apart in pieces. Like, am I just going to keel over? Uh, maybe your cycle (gasps) could be done. Yeah. Yeah. Or that part of, Maybe you've learned what you've needed to learn this round, and then you get into the another round, you get to come back. There's like that, um, have I shared with you the mythology of Indra and all the little ants? No, I'm so into the <laughs> lobster and the ants today. This is great. <laughs> okay, I haven't told this story in a long time. It's a newer story, a newer myth that I learned, and I think it's fucking brilliant. So Indra, the god of storm and storms. He's the king of the devas as well. So he's the king of, of all the, you know, the, the gods and goddesses kind of thing. And like the angel likes, and he had just won a big war 
he was granted a gift by Vishwakarman. Vishwakarman is the son of Shiva, uh, sorry, son of Brahma, and he's the architect of the universe. And he, he often creates all these different tools and weapons for the gods. Indra was gifted a palace built by Vishwakarman. And he, he kind of, you know, he took, let's say he took three months and he builds this beautiful palace for Indra. Like it is gorgeous. And, um, and Indra goes to see it. He's it's like, it's being revealed to him and displayed. And he's like, wow, like this really is the greatest of palaces I've ever seen. Um, but what if, you know, this is the biggest and most beautiful and you did this in three months. So what could you do with another three months? What else could you do? And I think you should make, like do it again, make it bigger, make it better. And so Vishwakarman's like, um, okay. And so Indra's like, okay, I'll come back in the three month period of time and, uh, or a year's time, whatever it is. And I, I'll see it then. And so Vishwakarman is disturbed. He's a little bit like, this isn't going to go well. So he goes to Brahma and he's like, listen, Indra loves the palace, but he wants me to build more. And my, my concern is that when I do that, which I can, but I do that, I don't think he's going to be satisfied. I think he's never going to have, he's going to have this over indulgent of an appetite and he's going to want more after that. He will never be satisfied. And so Brahma's like, okay, go do your work, go build it. And I'll, I'll deal with Indra. And he's like, okay. So off Vishwakarman goes to build this rest of this beautiful palace. And Brahma doesn't go to Indra right away. And Indra comes when the time the palace is ready and he shows up and there's all these people gathered now. They're like, oh my God, that's like the most beautiful. It's, you know, gorgeous. And that's what he thinks anyways. And he shows up to all these people gathered around. He's like, oh yeah, they're loving my palace. I'm like so righteous, blah, blah, blah. And when he gets closer, he sees that all of these people are gathered and they're not looking at the palace at all. They're actually looking down and down below in front of the palace is a small blue child. And he's like, well, like, what is this and who are you? And he's like, he's like, oh, well, I came to see, you know, the palace and you know, you are like Indra. Wow. You, you, the Indra of like, you definitely are the one that has had the most beautiful palaces out of all of the other Indras. And Indra's like, what do you mean all the other Indras? He's like, oh, you're not the first Indra and there'll be many more Indras, but you definitely have the nicest palace of all of them. And he's like, what? Like how I'm the only one. He's like, no, no. He's like, see those, that row of ants, like those little army of ants walking along, doing their thing. He's like, each one of those ants was an Indra at one point. And you're just like, what? And then he sees a, a yogi walk by and he's like a humble yogi and he's got like a loincloth and he has his little pot for his food and he doesn't have much. And he's like, well, what's the point then that I'm just going to, I'm going to strip everything away and I'm just going to be a yogi then, you know, I'm not that special. And every single one of those ants has been one that I'm going to be a yogi. And so when he has this realization, Brahma comes to him and he's like, listen, you're not the only Indra. You'll never be the only Indra, but it is your Dharma and your time to truly be the best of Indras that you can be at this time. You're not going to be the yogi. You're not the ant right now. You are who you are and you need to own that. And so with Indra's realization of there's many reincarnations of ourselves or reincarnations of different experiences like the ant, like the yogi, like the, you know, anything else that we are in this world <laughs> said we're everything to really own and be the best version of yourself now. So there's the story of Indra and the ants. Yeah. Digesting. Mm-hmm. 
So now I see little ants and I'm like, hey, little Indra's. <laughs> I call ants Indra's now. Right. Mm-hmm. What's our, uh, what's like a good self-study? Where in your life do you feel that there's resistance? If you look at karma, like a pattern that keeps on showing up that is the same pattern, that's something to look at. There is resistance there. Most likely when it, we're, we look at karmas and we're clearing them to follow our dharma, the patterns that are in repetition that have a negative component, like it makes you feel bad after, or you feel like you have to apologize or, you know, the same thing over and over and over again is where we want to look at. So it also, it's hard for people to go in and really feel like, are they truly happy They or they don't know. And so the seeker, or the, the studier, like the svadhyaya, to study um, the self and to figure out where that is, where's their resistance. And then that's the first step to, to be like, okay, this pattern doesn't feel good in my body anymore. This pattern of anger at my partner or, you know, that saying a lot of people say like, why does this keep happening to me? That's a good indication that, yeah, you're like, as you said, you're banging your head against the wall. So shift perspective. We talked about that shifting perspective and redirecting, um, maybe just the change of a pattern to reinforce the brain, but also redirect the spirit and the energy. And then that will open up to something else that might be presented to you. That's more in alignment And it takes time to figure out. I mean, some people are born and they know their path, their duty, what they're here for, their soul's purpose. And Mm. some people have to do a little bit more searching, Mm -hmm. but keep searching, keep studying, keep being the student. So like you said, like what you're doing, like you keep studying and trying to work on yourself. And that's, that's the practice. That's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. So look at what those are, identify that. And then maybe the next time it shows up to recognize when it's happening is key. There's always an emotional component, mm-hmm. always, usually, mm-hmm. whether yeah. that's anger or sadness or fear, blah, blah, you know, all the emotions. And to sit within that feeling, breathe into it and reprogram with words, mm-hmm. um, choice. And that will set you off onto a new direction of path. I love it. Oh, okay. That'll be our mantra to close this off. And I guess like the reason why, well, it's kind of interesting how this podcast came to be and it, it was based off of one of my, well, one of my first podcasts with you. Another uh, person that I interviewed for my lawless podcast was Mark Abma. And when I was talking to him about our concept and he was like, oh, like a, like these mantras, it's like developing like a, a daily practice. It's a daily practice. And I was like, yeah, that is the name. And so he kind of named it and he shared a mantra that he had written himself to remind him of all the things he wanted to like call into his life. So I kind of love that, which I think is like our, well, that's like our own self-study. Could we call that our son Kalpa? Intention. Yeah. Like if we wrote, cause his, um, mantra, I'll find it and I'll like cut it into here, mm-hmm. but it was really good. Like I am this, 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 I am this. And it was, it was a real pump up. Have you ever done, it just came into my awareness, the tapping, like you tap certain parts of your face, your um, face. And then you say like, I am powerful. And then you change the position. You're like, I am good. And then you change the positioning. I, and I don't know where, I'm sure there's a place where it's called yeah. tapping, but there's yeah, something yeah. to it. And I'm really curious. Do you know anything about it? I haven't looked no, into it at all. But it kind of reminds like me when, the we, brain. when we've done our chakra one and you go through yeah. the what are my words? Um, boom, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the Vedic Bija mantras. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But with those, we were tapping, right? 
You can tap, yeah. I thought you were tapping when we I did it. D- I, I do um, do a little tap. Yeah. Yeah, and especially I love the third eye. Yeah, it's bringing an awareness to a uh, certain place in your body. I love the chakra practice that we did. And know, we should make it, too. let's make it a free like gift for mm. people that they can like download it and just like do it every love day it. for 28 days and see where you're at on the other side. Mm, yeah. Because I think just like committing to something, although... I hear 28 days, but isn't there like a higher number that it actually goes to? 40. 40. Okay. Yeah. Do it for 40 days and then see. That's impressive. And then by the time you're done that one, Crystal will be back from Bali and then we'll be (laughs) diving into the Kriyas because that's what I want my daily practice to be. I want to wake up and like do that. Oh, I love the Kriyas. But maybe first I have to prepare myself and like wake up every morning and and, uh, get the old chakras cleansed yeah internal energy cleanse i love it okay boom uh but let's do om gum ganapetaye namaha yeah you did boom (laughs) that's the one you want to do um well you mentioned it which one would you say is really good to go with dharma the clearing of obstacles or clearing your path like karmas and stuff like ganesha represents the clearing of the path so it's like getting out of your own way kind of thing which is more like clearing the karmas, but also to like open up the path to be more clear on your um, dharma, which is your sacred duty. And it means path. <laughs> it sounds like a... Your soul's purpose. Yeah. Um, Krishna represents like joy, bringing joy into your life, joy mm. and pleasure into your life. Well, I think that the Krishna one might be good because if you're bringing like joy in, then I think that that could feel like a little bit like an upper. <laughs> Mm. which I think is like a good thing to tap into and connect to. Will it make us launch? No guarantees. All right. I was just playing this on my harmonium yesterday. So this is one of the Krishna mantras and Krishna brings and reminds us to have a bit more joy in our life. And this one is um, to the soul, to the four aims of life, to practice your dharma, to direct, to have artha, abundance, Kama pleasure, all for liberation for moksha. Shri Krishna Govinda, Hare Muhare, Hinatanarayana, Vasudeva. Shri Krishna Govinda, Hare Muhare. He Narayana Vasudev Vasudeva Shri Krishna Govinda Hare Muhare He Narayana Vasudev Vasudeva Shri Krishna Govinda Hare Muhare He Narayana Vasudev Vasudeva Shri Krishna Govinda Hare Muhare Hinatanarayana Vasudev Vasudeva Vasudeva 
Vasudeva. Not gonna lie, it's easier to sing with the harmonium. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was amazing. Next week, we're going to launch a 40-day chakra cleanse. So sign up for our newsletter on our website, www.thedailypractice.life. Thank you. This is the Daily Practice Podcast with Crystal Borelli and Andrea Holman. Yeah, life teachings, life practices. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Om Hari Om. If you want to check us out on the World Wide Web, our website is thedailypractice.life. And on there, we have all kinds of resources, but we have a free full moon course. It's about an hour long. There's a yoga practice, pranayama. You'll learn a mantra as well as story time and all taught by Crystal Borelli. Hurry on.